0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: Hi, everybody. Russ from My Hammers Eleven. Hope you're all safe and well um, in a new venue today because still, housework's still going on. Um, <laughs> hope everyone is safe and well. For a new channel, please consider subscribing hitting the bell icon so you made aware of any time we put new content on uh today's guest um he's always on twitter he <laughs> it's gansill hammer how are you doing gants
1: yeah i'm not at all bad thanks russ how are you doing your yeah, work right. out, works all
2: okay yeah not too bad actually hopefully it should be finished by by the end of this week we'll see but um yeah you don't realize how much you need a floor uh, <laughs> 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 and how much having a floor makes you know like a difference goes to the toilet and uh and things like that my, my wife and my daughter have moved out for the week now so um i would say it's a bachelor pad but it's not really because i'm sort of stuck in one room but hey ho it feels like being a student again but um is what it yeah, is <laughs> they were
1: the days,
2: eh? i know they were the days god dear countries
1: have uh, got no idea what we actually lived in you know well certainly in my case you know best part of 35
2: 40 years ago so uh, they've got no idea no idea no idea they're born these days It's a, it's always it's like when i think when you when you think obviously you know you know the likelihood is we're going to another little another lockdown soon but yeah. you know could could you imagine you know i mean kids i mean my daughter's eight and she doesn't know she's born really because could you imagine us having a lockdown you know with, without without no netflix without no mobile phones <laughs> and oh my god it'd be tearing each other's hair that's for sure um, yes. spent
1: all our time either in the park or the street exactly that was, so that that was, was our bit
2: of entertainment yeah with, with a stick and a railing that's all we needed yeah. <laughs> so how are you how, how's, how's things been the last few months for you particularly um yeah, it's stressful. There's no point in pretending it's stressful. Yeah. You know,
1: everybody being at home is difficult. Not having football as an outlet, which is a big outlet for me. Um, no question about that. You know, I, I'm a home and away season to cover. So not having the ability to go away and vent my spleen um, and get the uh, aggression or whatever it is out of my uh, system has yeah. been difficult. Uh, so much so that in the end, the, the missus persuaded me to actually go away for a few days on my own with one of my mates, because she said, "Soon either I'm going to kill you or you're going to kill me." So <laughs> one of the best to go away, and it's going to be you, because I've you know although my kids aren't kids, you know my they're at home and sh- they need someone's got to, knows what they're doing has got to look yeah. after, them, and I don't know one side of the cooker from the other side <laughs> of the cooker, so uh, nothing to be proud of. So. Uh, uh, yes it's been it's been tough and and it wasn't a great start almost the lockdown because unfortunately um on the day we were mans playing man the 90th which was like just at the start of all, all the kerfuffle unfortunately yeah. my dad died that day, oh, and uh, i was just getting ready to go off to the game i picked up the mini bus i was going with a few other people uh steve crystal tim um and we were off to and a couple of hours, we were off to go up to manchester I picked up the minibus, I got back and I got a phone call to say he, he died that morning. Um, you know, and I'd seen him on the camera, you know, we, we'd install cameras because he wasn't, you know, my old man was 93 and riddled with cats. Oh, wow. not like it was a, a, an unexpected thing, but mm. it was still unexpected, you know. And um, so that was a bit of a, a kibosh to the start of the whole of the lockdown mm. period, you yeah. know, and hasn't got any better yet, that's
2: no. for sure. <laughs> no, um, no oh geez I mean, yeah
1: but the only that's the the good thing show. is that understand managed to stay up yes um,
2: uh, they
1: did it bothers me you know i'm of an age where i've seen this so many times having gone down etc it really doesn't bother me in the slightest yeah uh, you know it, it's no big deal for me to see us you know playing whatever tubes it might be you know and you know the thought of possibly playing millwall away be quite exciting for people of my age group yeah. um and, and many other teams not just them you know there's a lot of good teams that are in the division below teams that you know those of us that are watched football particularly through the 70s and the 80s teams that we remember well that were old first division teams that for whatever reason have lost their way yeah. and that's something that lost down in particular needs to be very careful about
2: yeah you know, no totally
1: Well, we, God forbid, to get relegated. It's not quite the shoeing that you're going to come straight back up again.
2: No, look at Leeds, isn't it? I mean, look at Leeds. I mean, mean, they've been down
1: for a long time. Look at Man City, how long they were down for. Sunderland, who looked like they completely lost the plot. Mm. You know, there's a good few teams that that were there or thereabouts and have now been out of it for a long time. Yeah. And the prospect of, of them actually getting back without, you know, a major change in ownership, etc. At those clubs,
2: yeah. You know,
1: it's not. It's no longer even remotely a level playing field. It's no point in us kidding ourselves that no, it is not a, not. a level playing field. You know, it's not. And that's ignoring whether we're well managed or not well managed. That's a a red herring in the sense that there's still a huge gulf financially between six or seven, maybe eight clubs, and yeah. the rest. Yeah, um, and I don't
2: know how that's ever going to be um, addressed. I don't again. think it ever is. I don't know if it ever is. To be perfectly honest, I think it's 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 now it's, and unless I mean the, the only thing I could see, and it will never happen, is obviously if you look at um Formula One, for example, they've yeah. now they're you know it was always like, yeah McLaren and uh, flying not McLaren, so Mercedes. God, how long was that? Going? Mercedes flying high and stuff like that. Next year, I believe they're bringing in like a cap in terms yeah. of the development costs that's the only way that they well, have it across
1: the pond in more less, across the pond in more or less every sport there yeah um and to a degree you sort of have it i mean i'm not someone who bets on horses or anything like that but the little way i understand of horse racing is that even in horse racing each horse is actually has some weight to put on it in order to in theory make them an equal horse yeah. at the start of the race uh, you know i don't pretend to know anything about that but in relation to, to football here you know it's seemingly so easy to ignore financial fair play why west ham ever mentioned it is beyond my comprehension because no one the club seems remotely mm. concerned about it no so, i don't know what's no. an issue for us and no one else
2: <laughs> well it's yeah it's just these it things isn't it but i think you're right I, I think there's there's such a golf now in the, in the game that you know that it's exceptions to the rule, like Leicester were an exception to the rule in terms of winning the Premier League. That yeah. won't happen again because all the other club, all the, all the the big boys, went all right, okay, we'll pull our socks off and spend a bit more money and that will never happen again. Yeah. And we'll monopolize it. But, you know, but it's we, very we never. We, two or more teams, you know, of the
1: so-called big five big six i don't like to say big six because i hate them scallywags. to men 17 ever being included in that title <laughs> you know, that's my polite description for them not really what i want to call them um, and <laughs> um, so you know on that basis that you know those clubs are, are are clearly miles apart from us yeah. Um, I don't believe that any owners should be expected to pump in tens of millions if not hundreds of millions of pounds. I actually don't think that's their requirement. I just think no. they need to be run well. I mean, again, if I re- if I revert back to the N17, the guy who actually owns it, um, not Daniel Lee, but the guy who really owns it, hasn't pumped a penny in. Mm. So it's a self-financed business. So yeah. it can be done if you run yeah. it properly. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, player selections and purchases of recent years have been below par. That's about the politest yeah. way I could describe. Yeah, yeah, I think
2: I think it's fair enough. I think you know, it is it all comes down to player recruitment, doesn't it? Really, and I think yeah. it always has done. You know, we've even you know, you know, you look back at you know, selling Joe Cole and Glenn Johnson for like six or yeah. millions. So, you know, you know, it's it's not like it's something which has only happened overnight. It's been pandemic in yeah, West Ham for for years because we invested it so poorly. I think it's also partly
1: that, I mean, you see Leicester, you see Southampton in particular. These are teams that when they sell a player for good money, they already know who it is they're They're going to be replacing him with for a fraction of the cost. And you're thinking, how is it that, I mean, I can't even think of many players that we bought. I'm not saying players that we didn't home grow. Players that we bought and sold on and made a profit of. Yeah, it's like almost unheard of for us to do that.
2: Yeah, it is. It is. It I is. Think,
1: yeah. well, how, how is it that every other club can do Because that's how the Leicesters and the Southamptons yeah. and the Burnies actually then have the money to go yeah. and be able to buy more players because they keep making player trading profits.
2: Yeah. We seem to make it's player
1: true. trading losses, which is a
2: little bit of a, a worry. <laughs> yeah, no, it is true. It is true. I mean, you look at, I mean, even Liverpool. I mean, you look at Liverpool, I mean, they, they did some. Put a stat out the other day with Klopp, obviously, because he'd, he'd signed, obviously, um, Thiago and, and Jota. And it yeah. was something like across... It must have been the Klopp era, so to speak. I think Ned yeah. sold £650 million players yeah. and have purchased 660 million so they've only played 10 million more than they yeah. sold but they've won the title and got the t- you know it is, it is as you said it's about how it's reinvested isn't it and you're right leicester i made a it was something ridiculous like 250 million pounds off their last five six transfers or something ridiculous yeah. like that. and i don't think we have um,
1: sold a player a profit yet
2: no i don't think we have i don't think we ever have to be honest you know i can't think of anyone <laughs>
1: That's a little bit, wrong. and then also we then get on all the rubbish about how just about every other club has always got clauses that when they sell on for even more, they get a kickback. We don't seem to do that either. It's like,
2: yeah,
1: for sophisticated people, uh, allegedly, we don't seem to be doing anywhere near as well as I'd like us to be doing off the pitch. On the pitch, no. I can't blame them. Um, you know, if the manager isn't playing the players to their best or the system's not working or, mm. you know, that's not their fault, but yeah. the off- It's almost like we're, we're failing on both um, parts of, of yeah. the of the footballing activity, and that's a little bit of a worry.
2: Yeah, and 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 I mean, it is. I mean, someone was mentioned the other day. It's it's just it's just it's it's just something about West Ham, isn't it? I mean, it's it's you've got like. You know, someone said the other day, oh, I can't, it might have be been even Matt Lorenzo or something like that. He said, Oh, yeah, you yeah, know, in six, we won, you know, we won the World Cup and we had three, three players in our, in our side. We only finished sixth that season, you know, and it's like, you know, we haven't won anything, you know, major city well, you know, the the We Cup got
1: players. relegated away at Birmingham when, funny enough, Golden Sullivan were the owners there. Um, yeah. Uh, in the lead up to that season, if you think of the players that West Ham had, and yeah. um, we, we had Cole, we had Carrick, we had Lampard, we had Ferdinand, we had Glenn Johnson. Who just came on the scene just after that. day. We had the backbone of the England team. Yeah, we 30, And, and uh, until unfortunately Glenn Hodder was replaced, we were truly awful. Our home record was beyond shocking. I mean, how how any manager was allowed to stay in place, whatever unfortunately his, you know his health situation was. Yeah made no sense at all we were absolutely awful with such quality players
2: It is it was it was the it's that you know obviously the, the the too good to go down you know tag was put on that side. and you're right i mean funny enough we had um we had what was it uh we had tony carr we interviewed tony carr and he he put he's 11 down of, of his academy stuff right. and um and like you know it was his 11 and it was basically the england team and yeah that 2010 i think it's that 2010
1: yeah world cup. 90s team,
2: yeah, yeah tw- i think the 2010 world cup i think a third of the squad had come through the academy which yeah. was just shocking when you think yeah. about it and uh yeah. you're right it's just when i it's just it's just pandemic of being a west ham fan and, and i think that's yeah. why and that, i think that's why you know west ham fans are like they are i think it's I think if we had, I don't think we'd be the same group of group of fans if we were a Man City or were a Liverpool, turning over teams every week. That's not what we're about. It is about it is about those three or four times a season that they turn up, and for the other, you know, twenty odd games, you're going, "Why the fuck is this team not turning up again?" You know, but yeah, and and that's that's why we, you know, it's like someone said it was. They said their kid was being a bit, you know. Uh, wobbly, in case he, he might want to go and support Liverpool, and yeah. he's uh his dad encouraged him to keep supporting West Ham because he said it's character building, and that is so true. Yeah, that is so true.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I've been, I mean, my, my three kids have all been mascots, home and away. Wow. Um, I can remember, I can remember my eldest one, who's now about to turn thirty-one, being mascot at Sunderland away on her first day at high school, and I took her out of her first. Day at secondary school <laughs> and took her all the way up to Sunderland to be mascot. And I can remember taking her in the next day with a letter to the head teacher and then getting a phone call about, you know, how and why I'd done that. I said it's part of the, her development as a character. You know, yeah. she needed to understand that, you know, it wasn't just about school, there were other things that she needed to to know about. Um, and I'm a fervent believer. My next one down, you know, I think she lived through two West Ham relegations in her formative you know early adulthood i uh, say childhood and she i remember coming to me saying oh would it be okay if i followed another team and like a lot of people my age group we've all got friends i mean i've got a lot of friends who support you know teams like Leeds, etc who've been in the dolphins and they allowed their kids to support other teams
2: and yeah, i remember yeah.
1: saying there was a girl this one, i remember saying so yeah yeah of course you can support another team where you're and she looked at me, she was all about nine at the time. She was very perplexed. And she went to mum, she said, Daddy says I'm moving. And, and mum said, Well, what did you discuss with them? She said, I discussed supporting another football team. She said, uh, ah, There are no other football teams allowed in this house. It's <laughs> not like you're our friends where, you know, daddy supports Tottenham or Arsenal, God forbid, or, or Lees, and one of the kids supports another team and they've got the bed linen and all that. It won't happen in our house. It just—it's yeah. a non-starter. So yeah. go back to your dad and just tell him you've changed your mind. You want to continue to support West Ham, and there'll be no more conversation about where you're moving to. <laughs> and that's how it is in my house. There is no—it's not up for debate.
2: Yeah. Oh, I love um, it. I love you know,
1: it. And it—it and, and it is character building in a way, in a sense, particularly if which my children thankfully have had to a great degree everything on a plate for them. You know um it's nice for them to realize actually not everything in this world is on a plate um, yeah. and it's helped ground them and realize that they do need to have some some social and moral principles because it isn't just oh yes we deserve to win we expect them because we're united as less than the manchester fans like to call themselves um you know and that's important for me
2: yeah for the no, I, I you that. yeah no, it I is, mean, that is and
1: that is right with, with the players is i'm more concerned whether they try i don't you know I've, i grew up through watching the 70s and the 80s teams in mm. particular and certainly into the early 90s with some shocking teams you know absolutely truly awful teams. all that mattered you know with someone like ian down did he try i didn't care whether he was good bad or indifferent did he try that was all that mattered did he show that he cared playing? The shirt and the bag, and he did. And there were many other players. I you know, yeah. not even saying I can remember them. Or I'm too much of getting of an old fart to remember everything. But you know, these players really put an effort in. Too yeah. many of the players that we watch nowadays, and it's not their price tag that I'm bothered about because every player's got a price tag that makes no sense. And um, you just look at them, you're thinking, you're not even trying. You're not even trying. I mean. You, know, you can remember even players, let's say Ian Wright when he came to play for us in, in his twilight years, etc. cetera, mm. you watch him chase a ball back. He wouldn't just, oh, I'm standing you know, by the penalty box or the half yard. He would run after a ball that he'd lost. And you see, I don't want to knock Hallow or any of the current players, they just don't you. want to put that effort in. And that's the bit that annoys me. You know, mm. I don't care whether they're good, bad or indifferent. I'd like them just to show that they actually care and want to put the shift in.
2: Yeah. Uh, and and this is I mean that's the thing that's that comes across when you interview everyone you know it is that it I, I don't know if it's just a West Ham thing or just a fan in general for their club but you uh, you assume that you know if they put a shift in as you said they don't have to be the most skillful player in the world but if they try it's not their fault if they're not skillful uh, you know but yeah. they've been put into this position but as long as they are and I think you know and I and I think in in recent in, in terms of particularly the last two signings in terms of Bowen and sucek you've got two two guys who have that mentality it seems Do you know what i yeah. mean it's like it's, Bowen from it's like british you know sort of it would just he, he play more right back to be honest at the moment yeah. than the right wing but and sucek he just seems to have the right work ethic he just seems to yeah, really sort exactly
1: of exactly the two words work ethic yeah um, far too many players and you see them even not even just on the pitch when you read about what they get up to in their personal, private yeah. lives, you're thinking, really? You yeah. don't understand. That's not acceptable behaviour. It, it it's that it just pervades their whole character. Yeah. Um. And that is a little bit worrying. Um, yeah. And there are other players like that that put you know always put a shift in for whether they're good, bad, and different. Not Snod, Robbie Snodgrass in particular. Now, there's a few players. You know, Mark Noble, Declan. They'll always show, even if they cock it up. They're not just oh that's it i've given up i'm not you know you know that mark's legs are gone you know you know in in a race against the tortoise the tortoise is probably going to win unfortunately nowadays but you can't fault his commitment yeah it's not his fault if he's getting picked every week and he's not performing to everyone's expectations they're seeming to ignore how old he is and the speed of everyone around him you can't blame the player blame the manager uh, and whoever's bought the squad together for not putting yeah. a squad together that can actually put him under pressure and actually say to him, you know what, you're really now a, uh, a player who only does half a game. You come on halfway or you start halfway, but you aren't going to last 90 minutes any longer. Yeah. can't uh, blame the players for that. You know, same with, no. you know, when I, when I read the criticism of Snodgrass, it's not his fault. not his fault at all. You know, if he shouldn't be with us, then that's again down to the, the, the manager and, and the owners to sort of sorted it out. Not for the manager to be, well, actually, he's the only fit player in that position who's actually going to do what I'm asking him to do. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I, you know, when Fabianski first came in, I was really impressed with him. For the first mm. season or so, he definitely was saving us 10 goals a season. Unfortunately, He's become, certainly since his injuries where he's brought back far too early, um, he's no longer quite what he was. But again, he's got no real competition. So there's nothing to, to push him, to to make him be even better. Unless yeah. he's genuinely injured or we're in, you know, one of the cup games that, regrettably, most football clubs, I can't even blame the West Ham manager and owners for that, most Of the middle and lower ranking premiership teams do not give a monkey's about the League Cup, as I would call it, or the FA Cup, even though they don't seem to understand that for us fans, that's the most likely route to getting a piece of silverware and the most likely route to Europe. Now, we're not going to get a day out of Wembley at the moment, probably, but that's neither here nor there. If we actually want a bit of silverware and we want to get into Europe, those are the two routes. But it seems to be that the only thing that matters now. Is staying in the premiership. That's like that's it. That's the be all and end all. That's yeah. our our life. Don't stay up in the premiership. You know, if we get knocked out tonight, it won't make a jot of difference because it'll mean that we, you know, we've got less games to worry about. Mm. But fans, certainly of my age group,
2: and I'm sure I'm not that's not only our age group, that's not what we're interested in. No, it's not, it's not, you're right. You're totally right, and I think it's it's as you said it's, it's it's indicative of the modern modern game, isn't it? Now that the money in the Premier League is so big that that clubs, not just us, you know, like you know, every club by the top six can't yeah. can't afford to be out at the Premier League, and so it is their priority. And it's weird because obviously you think you know that the FA Cup is a bit in terms of I mean, you know, obviously you've got um, we've got Hull in the next round, and then then after that, you, I think the next round after that isn't until mid like late December um wow. and which is a biz- bizarre way it's yeah. been set up but actually you think about it if they all just move the games a little bit later on you know mm. bar the fa cup for example fa cups in january bar january you know roughly what your season's going to be like mm. bar a complete catastrophe if you yeah. sort of, you know you know so th- then you can see but obviously the the, the league cup is starts so early that people are just scared about getting getting injuries and so early on yeah. in the season it's just i think it's the way i think it's how it's been scheduled i think if it was scheduled slightly later you would actually have, obviously have more games to play but i think you get a higher caliber because i think people would as you said have a go at it because they know what their season's going to be looking like and um but <sighs> I, mean, I mean the, big, think,
1: the big teams there. you know certainly the chelsea's of this world who've actually got probably not even two teams but three teams in yeah. there you know, almost in their squad. You know, if it wasn't for the fact there was a, a limit to the squad size, they'd probably have an American football type yes. team size squad. Uh, and that wouldn't be an issue for them, you know. No. that th- They've almost got two teams. And Man City's not much different. I'm not saying that, that Liverpool or Arsenal have actually got, you know, two lots of 11s, but they've certainly got maybe 19 out of the 22 players that they would need. Um, so it's not an issue. Whereas, you know, a team like West Ham, you know, we've barely got 14 or 15 players. Everyone else that's there is not really a first choice player. They're there because there isn't anyone else mm-hmm. um, and they're not real competition. And we know they're not real competition. I mean, we see it, dare I say it, with our left and right backs and to a degree with our central defenders. Yeah. There is no competition for them. I mean, who's actually going to come in for Chris? Well, what comes in is actually not a replacement left back, but a left winger stroke, left wing back. So we Mm. play Kressel and Masuaku, you know, same with Fredericks. So we don't actually replace them. We put another player next to them, uh, as well as, rather than, oh, here's some proper competition for you.
2: Yeah, it's true. Um, It is true. uh,
1: and, and, And that's where it's sort of like, okay, why are we not able to find... And have actual replacements that that can come in and can put them under proper pressure. Mm.
2: Um,
1: I don't know. <laughs> I forgot I the answer. But yeah. I mean, it was interesting. I saw. I think I saw a tweet this morning about how many players are out of contract at the end of this summer. Mm. I, at the end of this season. So you know, in, in June, it's an awful lot of eight current first team players, mm. of which five or six are starting players. Are out of contract at the end of this season. Interesting. Um, that's an awful lot of players that we need to replace. Mm. Um, and I'm like, I'm thinking, right, okay, how are we going to go about doing that? Because even if we save their wages, which are then matched by the wages of the player coming in, none of these players have got any resale value as far as I can tell. Bob possibly Cullen. Now you've got Noble's contract is up, Snodgrass's contract is up. Um, I think Martin's contract up. Although I wouldn't say he's obviously a first team, a regular first team. But you know, there's a, there's far too many players that we're going to have to replace between now and June. Yeah. Uh, I just wonder how where that's going to happen from.
2: Um, It'd be interesting, but then it's but then you know it's, it's it might didn't. it might be an might be an opportunity to, you know, because I, I mean as you said, all those players you you sort of you, you mentioned they're all. You know in their 30s one in their 30s um it it might give us you know we can see you know (coughs) we've interviewed like uh, like kevin keen obviously uh, under 18s there's a lot of good a lot of good youngsters coming through (laughs) but now's the time we need to be you know put them in you know and and work with them rather than stick with the older guys who are not going to maybe here after after june and, yeah. and give these guys a bit of a run out straight away, so they get used to what it's like to be a West Ham first teamer. But who knows? Who knows, guys? I have no idea.
1: I mean, at the moment, in some ways, you know, that one of the things that you've often, I've often read about, is is for a player to come in at eighteen or nineteen and play in front of thirty or forty thousand, let alone 60,000, is a very daunting, you know, change from playing in an under eighteen or under twenty course, yeah. game where there might be or hundred people watching them. But we're playing in an empty stadium at the moment. Now would be a prime yeah. opportunity to let them, okay. I'm in a huge stadium, but I haven't got 20,000 people screaming at me. What the Forex am I doing? Um, I don't know why we don't seem to blood to the younger players uh, often. You know, it's always, well, let's put them out on loan somewhere. Let's put them out. On, and they're like continually out on loan. Either they're yes. good enough or they're not good enough. Yeah. You know you can't i mean cullen's a prime example he's not like he's a youngster he's three years older than, than uh Declan. Yeah. so at the moment either he's he's good enough or he's not good enough give yeah. him a talk. give him not one game in the cup give him three or four league games let him make his mistakes and see if he is if if but we're so petrified oh we can't afford to take the risk of getting relegated well Everyone seems to think we're going to get no points anyway for the next four or five games. So where's <laughs> the, where's the harm? Oh, well, we damage his, yeah. you know, mental state is that to be playing and get shoved, stuffed by Wolves or Man City or whoever it might be. I'd still do it. I'd still yeah. give the players the chance.
2: Yeah. You know, no, it's see,
1: I mean, if a player's any good, how old is Rashford? How old are these players? If they're good for enough, sure. they'll produce. And. Um, if they're not good enough, well, then we'll, we're wasting our time thinking they're going to be good enough and they're going to come through. Um, so whether it's the under 18s or the under twenty three development or whatever it is, we actually need to be playing one or two of these players now um, and, and seeing what they're really like. Particularly if you know someone like you know Johnson at either left back or right back to actually make um, Cresswell or Fredericks realise that. They've got some genuine competition instead mm. of saying, "Oh, well, they're you know they you know they've got Premier League experience and that's why we're picking them." That's not a grounds for picking them just because they have got Premier League experience. They need to actually be capable. Um, yeah, and we don't seem to. There's so many things that make no sense to most people looking in. You know, mm. I mean, you know, last weekend's game is a prime example. Yeah, we, we controlled the second half. We had numerous chances. But most of those chances were particularly crosses for Masuaku. The obvious player that should be on the end of them is Haller, and he gets put on only once we conceded a second goal. Forget yeah. whether their goal was dodgy or not dodgy. Most the big six seem to get an awful lot of dodgy goals. Never, Definitely. ever question. Forget VAR not actually giving it our way. It doesn't even go to VAR. You're no. thinking, Supposed to go to VAR as a matter of course, and it doesn't seem so. And you're like, well, why doesn't it go to VAR? I'd, I'd accept accepted VAR said, no, no, it's wrong. It's almost like it yes. doesn't go to VAR because they know that if it did, they'd have to disallow it or give West Ham the advantage, whichever way round it might be. I mean, they have, yeah. they have a penalty that is under the rules, hundred percent that we should have got, and they also have a goal that was probably dis- that was offside. But no one gives a monkeys about these
2: things. No, it's weird, isn't it?
1: What but I don't again, understand is why we, we as the club don't play. I mean, one of the things that, that's often interesting when you watch a game is whenever a, the other team concede a free kick against us, they'll stand a the player in front of that ball so that we cannot take a free kick, okay? No quick free kicks. They'll stand Every team will do that almost without fail. We don't dream of doing that. That kind mm. of—I'm not saying it's good or bad, you know, behaviour. You know, like a lot of things that I, I don't find enjoyable about modern football and a lack of respect generally. But we just don't have any game management or how they still hassle the referee, give a yellow card, give a free kick, whatever. We don't appeal. We just walk away. We're just—just just not in our DNA. <laughs> You just
2: roll hmm. over and accept all of that kind of rubbish and that's yeah I mean, quite... we've, all, we've always been seen to be a bit of a soft touch really haven't we i think in in, in west ham in general but um, i mean you know it's i noticed the other i've noticed since, since nolan's come in we've been a little bit more nastier and not, not nastier, but a bit more, you know, like Antonio. You'll see him do the Kevin Nolan corner routine where he just stands and plonks himself in front of the keeper and he can't push him around or get around him. And and but I know what you mean. It's like it actually watching that um that that um our friends in Three Point Lane's documentary, uh mm. Amazon thing, that's what Mourinho's trying to get them to do is be more nastier, be a bastard, yeah. you know, be and I think and I just think it's it's it is it's ingrained in some teams DNA. So you know, yeah, Arsenal I mean, were always petulant and they always moaned and you know and it's you're right, we just don't do that enough, do we? I mean uh so
1: it was probably a couple of seasons ago. We one way at Southampton, I think on Boxingdale, or was before Boxing Boxingdale, something like that. Yeah. And we were absolutely fantastic, truly really fantastic. We went up to Burnley and they completely took the pee out of us, lying on the floor, feigning injury. It was embarrassing to watch. And you're thinking, right? Well, which West Ham player is actually going to stand up and actually do a Billy Bonds or a Julian Dix or, or even uh, a Marco Bugas and actually take one of their players out correctly with and let them know we're not having this piss taking. No, they did yeah. we just roll out, get rolled over repeatedly, kicked all over the place with them feigning injury and falling over, and like okay, yeah, we'll just put up with that. And it, that's the kind of thing that I mean. Certainly for people like me, you start to wonder: Do I really enjoy football? I mean, I don't watch any other team. I have absolutely no interest in watching. Any other team playing bar England doesn't interest me at all. You know, people said to me, Oh, come down. Well, forget you can't come down the pub now. Mm -hmm. Certainly, I will be laughing next week on Monday when the Gooners and the Scousers have to get kicked out because the game hasn't finished yet. But, (laughs) yes, good point. Yeah, 10 o'clock. Yeah, but we're only in the 85th minute. Well, I'm really sorry, lads. You've got to go now. I mean, it wouldn't interest me in the slightest. I have no desire to watch any other team which of course then means that when you say oh what do you think of so-and-so so team? no idea got no yeah. idea. unless i've watched him play against West Ham. i don't know who you're talking about you know so when people say you know like on twitter you know and uh, oh, we're looking at signing so-and-so particularly from a european say, so "Well, like, okay i'll go and speak with one of my 18 or 19 year old relatives because he's playing you know ps yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah i know who, who the player is. I ain't got the yeah. Scooby Doo. I'm not looking him up on YouTube. I'm not interested. You know, uh, in fact, I often rely upon. He's, a, he's now about fourteen, the little boy. I i often rely upon him. Say, okay, have you heard of this player? What's he? Like?
2: <laughs> yeah, his stats.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know who he is. You know. I'm almost like the, the 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 Carlos Kickable from Alan Sugar from about 25 years ago type mentality. Yeah, bit, yeah. bit, bit stuck in the mud, unfortunately, for my own good
2: no it's not as you said it's but as you said it, you're right it's like some people you know as you said same as me i i only know some players because because they're on fifa you know it's like yeah. oh i've heard of him he's quite good um yeah. but no yeah it's, it is it uh, is. i mean it's just uh It's what it is with west ham in and that, that's why we support him because like i've been funny you know we could have a, a 35 minute discussion about west ham and, yeah. and it's felt like five minutes quickly already yeah. you know you can just go on and on that's that's the great thing about west ham um and, and and that's why i like doing this show because everyone has their own opinions and everyone has their own or ways of looking at things and stuff like that and um yeah. it's really interesting I, I just like i just like listening it depends on
1: what decade in particular you
2: start totally, to in, yeah you know i mean i
1: i first got taken over west ham when i was about seven it, it, just into the 1970s um so i mean i remember watching clyde best only because right or are wrongly it, it was obvious there's a black yeah. player on the pitch yeah and he was a quality player got nothing to do mm. with anything it was a quality player i mean i watched the very end of bobby moore playing i can't remember him at all i'd be lying if i said i could remember him playing because mm. i don't i don't remember him at all i don't remember purse or peters playing for west Ham. Even though I did start to see them right at that particular period of time, my abiding memory of Bobby Moore is seeing him playing for Fulham against West Ham in the Cup Yeah,
2: that's,
1: that's what I remember of Bobby Moore. Uh, and I think, I'm trying to think, was it Mullery that was playing for as well <laughs> in my memory, says I believe
2: correctly. so, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. That's my memory of, of it. I, I, I really only start remembering players from about 75, 76 onwards. Yeah. Before then, you know when i started going you know when i went to secondary school and i started going instead of with, with um, a friend of one of my parents or my brother actually really um, i started going with two kids from school um, I, I really don't remember anything before then so i remember 75 76 onwards um, yeah. and, and that's about it um you know before that period you know i may have seen those players but it means absolutely nothing to me no, you know, I, I couldn't put i couldn't honestly put any of those players in a team because i don't know i don't know in the sense that i don't consciously remember them playing yes. yeah um uh, and and that's something that you know i, I you know I, what i do remember is that when i first got taken over west ham west ham were almost the nearly team you know what people forget <laughs> is that through the 60s in particular everyone remembers who wins something they may remember who was the losing finalist. What they won't remember is the teams that got to the semi-finals and actually didn't actually progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You can see how many times West Ham were there or thereabouts in the 60s. It's only because, you know, I was brought and taken to the game by someone who's, you know, maybe is about seven, eight years older than me, that, yeah, yeah, well, West Ham were in the semi-final for this. And we have yeah, OK, if you say so you know and in those days which was very common certainly when i was seven eight nine you know i watched west ham one week and late Orient the other week. yeah me you know? too yeah, yeah. You know, one week i was watching west ham at home, the other week i watched orient at home so i can remember people like Laurie cunningham over there etc and 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 tommy taylor playing at orient as much as i can remember him playing at west yeah. ham and um, so it, it's interesting um that you know nowadays everyone's oh i've only got you know that team i wouldn't dream of going to watch yeah whereas you know if Orient are playing and west ham aren't playing i'll still happily go over there and watch them yeah you know um because i've still got some affection and forget all the nonsense about the olympic stadium etc that's just business that's got subtle to do with football yeah you know i i enjoy watching those kind of teams. first of all it's much more realistic. I mean, you can actually hear the players and the manager shouting at the players, etc. You can actually hear what's going on. Yes. I mean, uh, uh, certainly at our, our new stadium, but even at, at Upton Park, you didn't have a clue what was going. You know, you can't nah. hear. Whereas, again, when I was a kid and I was right down the front of the north Bay, you could hear the players. You could hear yeah. what was being said yeah. to each other. Yeah. You know, those are memories that will always stay with me.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, exactly. Those are great times. Uh, yeah, again, and that, nothing to do with the football, albeit no. that again in my formative years, you know, when I was 14, 15, West Ham walking away with the second division. I mean, that was a phenomenal season to be following West Ham. Mm. And we were just absolutely walking away w- w- with with the second division. You now, we won the FA Cup, you know, should really have been 2 0, but it wasn't for that dirty Arsenal scumbag defender. Um, <laughs> you know, it's nowadays. Uh, i go because of the people i know yeah of course
2: yeah <laughs> he's secondary he's secondary though he's secondary uh, You're
1: he right. got a who now lives overseas and um, who's still got his season ticket um at west ham even though he don't live here one i think one of his grown-up grandchildren actually uses it and um, he actually um stopped going even into upton park you know just said oh, i can't take can't take all the people around me who seem to have delusions of grandeur they seem to yeah. they now, i don't know why they think we're going to beat you know arsenal or man united or man city it's not going to happen you know it might no. happen but it's not likely to um but it's the expectation of everyone said oh yeah you know, we should be why should we be a team competing with the top five or Let's be honest look at our squad and look at their squads and say Mm. It's you know, yes, I know Leicester won the league. They won the league in a season in which at least three if not four of the normal top Five completely. Found. I mean look where we could have finished. Yeah Had we pushed on in January, you know, etc. We, we've got no idea um, How to develop as a club um, That's true then how yeah. if how when that's ever going to change Um because it's not just these owners it's been several owners that we've yeah, had it's time. been pandemic it's pandemic isn't it uh, of, r- wrong word but yeah it, it, it's in our dna I think. yes yes but so, uh, as the song so as the song goes our dreams
2: you know, well, um, yeah i mean we've set our stall out already haven't we to be honest yeah. with that song you know it's not like yeah. it's a, it's a war chant song it's <laughs> one of the things about painting and dying so you know we've, we've put ourselves up for a fall anyway there but um I talking mean, of, yeah talking about the players let's let's crack on with your 11 because I'm, okay. I'm interested about this so obviously the only caveat is you have to be alive to have seen them play. so and that's it that's the only caveat you can pick whoever okay. you want so uh, so, and, for me starting
1: uh, in goal it would yeah. be parks, parks
2: I mean, yeah. we've,
1: had, we've had plenty of decent goalkeepers since um uh, at least one of my kids will be vitally disappointed i haven't said shaka Hislop because she had a well, i'd say a crush on on him a t- an adolescent teenage crush on him but we've yeah. had plenty of other decent goalkeepers david james etc. and um, i don't want to i'll probably not remember all of them but for me again because of the year of 78 79 yeah, 80. Right, I mean. how much we paid for phil parks in those days mm. etc you know he was a big sign and he made an enormous difference and again that's not knocking a player like lundo you know, McCloskey was also a quality player for us. So we've had some yes. decent goalkeepers. Uh, we have had some, some nightmares, Knight, night in particular blessing, but I don't want to dwell on those players that weren't quite as good as they could have been. But, you know, he, he was a top, top goalkeeper for me. Yeah,
2: he was, um, and a cracking guy as well.
1: And, and then I, I would have a back five, starting with a sweeper, um, and that would be Rio Ferdinand. Yeah. And by the time he left West Ham was without doubt, as Harry regularly called him a role for us, he really was genuinely well-classed. Yeah. You know, whether sending him, I think it was 18 million to Leeds, which at the time, uh, that, was a, that was around the time of the whole thing about the Bosman free transfers, et cetera. Mm. And then, uh, was that going to be the end of transfer fees, etc.? We all know that that's not remotely true. No. Uh, Rio Ferdinand, even at that point in time, was definitely genuinely well class oh, before yeah. he left, and, and that's relevant because there's several players that I haven't included: uh, Michael Carrick, Frank Lampard, Jr., etc., who were uh, or went on to become well class players, yeah. but weren't necessarily at that stage when they left West Ham.
2: Yeah, no great. Um, right.
1: You know, I, I, you know, Frank Lampard, and I take my hat off him, even though I absolutely abuse him when I see him, is without doubt one of the best players I've ever seen playing in English football. Certainly at hmm. England level and for them scum from Sanford Bridge. Um, but, you know, not whilst he was, he was good at West Ham, but he wasn't there long enough to actually prove his worth. So Rio Ferdinand at the back, at left back, We go back to Frank Lampard, Frank Lampard Senior, who was a quality left back. Um, If only we could actually get someone of that kind of ilk again. I mean, Julian is is only narrowly pushed out by Frank Lampard. Um, But, you know, I know that Julian is a cult hero for many fans. But actually, that's more in their mind than actually on the pitch. Now, he was a great penalty taker, um, which is reflected by my right-back, which is Ray Stewart, who I think was probably an even better penalty taker. Yeah. Um, You know, uh, without a doubt, you know, Ray had the coolest, you know, situation every time we had a penalty. You really just assumed it was a goal, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah with Julian Dix and with Mark Noble and I mean I'm no stator, but if you look through the stats of our players all the way back to that kind of era forward, these players were always our second or third highest goal scorer: Ray Stewart Julian Dix, Mark Noble not our strikers, but the person taking the penalties for us Um, I'd finish off our defence with stretch with Alvin Martin um, and I would uh have alongside him billy bonds i know that again people slightly older than me would have seen him as a midfielder but i predominantly saw him um as uh oh, of other other
2: than, yeah.
1: um, and that to me were the two now i've seen plenty of other players over the years thomas repka slaven village
2: yeah
1: and loads of other players that are have been really good in their time but these two in particular long serving constantly performed i mean billy bonds is was and will always remain my west ham hero i mean he was just absolutely the man on the pitch i mean anyone who watched west ham in the 70s and the early 80s etc you know no he took no prisoners you know if a player of ours which is the point i was making earlier on if a burnley player was to do something to one of our players today and billy bonds playing, he would run the length of to make sure that he got a tackle in, and they knew that their card was marked yeah i don't have a player that does that anymore
2: Nah, and but let me do that i don't i don't think you have that in the, in in the modern game you don't get those hard boys anymore you don't get those you know even after after billy you had the you know the, the vieras the roy Keynes, you, you just don't get a hard men anymore now do you and you get midfielders etc that, that are prepared to, to put so yeah out.
1: We don't, I mean, and that's not knocking someone like Mark. No. Himself, but no one is actually intimidated by him in the slightest way. No. So, you know, even if he does pick up a play and take him off the pitch. Yes. Yeah, no, one, no one's really intimidated by him. No. Yeah, no one's actually going to be bothered by, oh, yeah, Mark Noble's going to come in with a crunch and tackle. You no, know, I know. You, has, yes, I agree. You. Yeah. Like John etc. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, always used to make me laugh. When, you know, in the, ad, the early advent of, of in-match betting, and it was like, how long till John Moncur gets a red card? You know, you're thinking, what bookmaker hasn't tweaked that he's going to get a red card within the first minute if he hasn't started the game? You know, here's a surefire bet. You know, all these people, you know, I see people on Twitter going saying, say, oh, yeah, let, you know, nine to two for so-and-so to get a yellow card. You're going to bet on John Moncur every single game. No question. Nine, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Lovely,
2: You probably wouldn't yeah. give no, but uh, we'd give in. Yeah, yeah, it's trouble.
1: Uh, so that's our defence. Into our midfield. Well, again, I suspect people will be more concerned by some of the players I've missed out. Um, I haven't included Trevor Booking, as fantastic as he was. And again, I saw him through most of his mm. pride. Um, in now, uh, despite the fact that many people think that he left in a terrible way, Dimitri Paye, whose quality was just. World class in that season. Absolutely, yeah. yes, I'm not going to comment on you know whether he the method of his departure because one could say the same about Paul Ince. now yeah. I can't imagine there'll be anyone who will pick Paul Ince in a West Ham midfield. But actually, you took your your specs off and actually said, was he a quality player? No question, mm. <laughs> he was a top top player, Paul Inks. um But again, whilst he was at West Ham, a bit like going back to. Lampard Junior and Carrick and Joe Cole, who's not in my midfield either. I mean, we've had an awful lot of really, really good players, but they've developed, if I say it, unfortunately, after they've left West Ham.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: alongside Dimitri Paye would be my other West Ham hero, which is Alan Devonshire. Yeah. A man so underrated by those who didn't actually watch him play. If you remember what the pitches were like in the era in which he played and the injury that he suffered, the man was truly, absolutely top, top notch. Um, And again, it's only people in their 50s and their 60s who will tell you, yes, Devo really was one of the best players that we ever had. Um, and, And alongside them, being that I'm generally on that we're going to score more goals than you because we've got decent defense and goalkeeper I would have Yossi Benayou. Oh, and now he was a player again that if you actually watched him play like Paillet, like Devonshire just created chance after chance after chance um and it's I, I I'm from that era where I want to watch enjoyable football I don't want to watch. I mean, with the greatest respect to David Moyes, you know, our first game at home to Newcastle, you look at our midfield and you're thinking, right, you don't want to concede a goal. Not you want to score a goal, you just don't want to concede a goal. Mate, we're playing at home to Newcastle. We're not playing at home to Manchester City, who might rip us a new hole. With the greatest yeah. respect to Newcastle, they got one decent player, probably. <clears throat> That's it. So why are we playing so negatively? So I, I'm very much of the era of wanting to play attractive football, and that's where it would come. It would come from, from that midfield. Nice. Uh, ben Ayun, and Devonshire. And then up front, um, because he was my hero, because he scored four goals away at the Slags, uh, baby cross, no question about it. Um, if you need a target man, he was your player. Um yeah. There were so many other strikers that I've seen that I've enjoyed watching. Pop Robson, John Hartson, Paul Goddard, again, going back to the you know, the late 70s, early 80s. But David Cross was, as far as I was concerned, the target striker that we needed. And alongside him, well, there could be no one else but Paolo Di Canio. Yeah. I mean, that man was another footballing genius. and um, I'd love him to come back and actually manage West Ham as crazy as he clearly really? <laughs> is. And i his, his vile political views or apparent political views. Maybe they're not even true, who knows? Um, but that man was truly a footballing genius to watch. Um, the man was just, you know, out there. And again, there's been lots of other players that, you know, I've thought about you know, having gone back and looked at what the teams were all the way yeah. back and i can consciously remember from 73 74 forward but that would be my starting 11 of the players i've watched
2: oh that's brilliant that's brilliant oh Grants, that was, that was that was that was fun uh, yeah i mean i think that's uh, I do you, you know what i i love the fact that i i love the fact that but that, that's sort of the midfield, particularly, it's like you know you've been you've been really brutally honest, and I, I actually I really like that because you're right. Actually, people like Lampard's Junior and Carrick and stuff. You're right; they didn't they they developed into world class players after yeah. they left West Ham, and that's that's right. And you're that's um, that's another, and I like it because it's a different way of looking at it because it's a generational thing as well, and I think it's brilliant. It's really interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that I wouldn't have picked them. No, of course I'm not. I'm not picking them because whilst they were at West Ham, they weren't yeah. at the level they were. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Or became, yeah. should I say, you know, and, and they truly became. There, there's no question about it. I mean, I've ignored Jermaine Defoe, who was a quality. I mean, ignore his is you know throwing his toys out the pram again at Birmingham away, etc. You know, because you you know, that's no different to let's say Ince's situation. You know, they're all young, they're impressionable, they're led by, I mean, look at look at uh uh um jeremy leaving us at the end of last season Yeah, poorly advised yeah you know simple as that you know they all think that that they're going to get whatever it is that they want immediately because that's the way they've now been um indoctrinated as opposed to realizing okay maybe i have got to wait six months or a year except to improve myself yeah um and there's there's plenty i mean you know Someone like Trevor Sinclair, another quality player that I so much enjoyed watching. And you know, Joker. There were so many players over the years um, that I have enjoyed watching that haven't unfortunately made the team. You know, I could easily do a second eleven. Easy. I was as impressed with the second eleven as I was with the first eleven. Yeah. Um, yeah. But alas, um, unlike when I was debating this team with with my Gunda friend in fact those people who were on twitter would have noticed that i had to actually buy the beers that night i was <laughs> in the late 90s 1998 99 2000 i was trying to find out whether there was ever a period of time whether lampard Carrick, defoe and cole all played together because ferdinand mm. had already just left mm. and the three of them three of them play but uh, at different times but never all four um so it was quite interesting to see that they were there but they didn't actually play all of them yeah, and you think wow what a team that we must have had and kept we still got relegated with it so um, <laughs> and, and we got some decent money for them i mean you know, we think about you know glenn johnson we got six million pound for him after one season i think
2: No, even, even that know, i think he played like a dozen games 15 games something like that yeah. for us i think as well so yeah. so it, weren't it, too it, bad
1: was, and six million pounds a day would not be considered, even with the super inflated transfer prices, mm. that would still be considered a reasonable sum of money. Mm. So think about what 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 we got for our players then, mm. you know. And then, of course, you could always have your worst 11. That would invariably yes. involve players that we signed from Arsenal. Um, yes. They were nearly always absolutely shocked. The only one that would be an exception to that rule, and, again, I didn't include him because in his period for West Ham he was no longer at the top of Liam Brady yeah,
2: yeah, who
1: was without doubt up there with Trevor Brooking, with Devonshire certainly yeah. as far as I'm concerned you know a master class player but we signed him at the end of his career etc yeah. barely saw him uh, you know so there are there have been uh some decent players but they're at the twilight of their career and they haven't played they tend them. to
2: be though don't they they tend to be and i think that's why historically we've never really made profit on on transfers because we tend to get the players at the bookends of their career i always call it either uh, just I mean, coming in and or just coming out
1: i mean the, the one piece of advice i would give to the people that run our club is never ever sign a player that's been at arsenal Who's actually done more than seven or eight years there?
2: Every,
1: yeah. The only player that was exception to that rule was John Hartson, who'd only been there a couple of years. True. Every other player that we've had has been an unmitigated disaster, or they're already at the end of their career. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, the the other players that we signed that were decent, Winterburn. People forget they played for us and how no, decent he was for us. Um, yeah. uh, and we've had some decent left backs and right backs that have been at the end of their career um but they have been at the end of their career and we've only you know Stewart's another one you know i don't i can't remember exactly how many seasons he played for us and i certainly remember him playing on i think with a broken leg in my memory certainly correctly uh, in one of the games you know our players if they damage a toe can't play allegedly um you know (laughs) <laughs> a completely different world to, to
2: how it used to be it is, it is a different world now football is a different world unfortunately as you said the money in it and and players don't hang around for more than a couple of years now and i mean you look at that team you've got alvin you've got bonzo I mean, double testimonial years for them yeah. um and it just but you don't get that nowadays and i think that's the yeah. trouble because i think you get people from 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 a, a more a more experienced generation we'll call it who had He lived through that time you know we'd like gailey and every year gailey was at west Ham was a testimonial year for for a player and 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 so you know the experienced fans come from that area the 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 new the less experienced fans the younger fans come from an era where it's two three years if you get more than three years out of a player they become a legend you know and it's i think that's the trouble you get these exactly it just is the most overused word and and then they or they become a legend but they don't become a legend because then they go to, they go to our friends in um in 17 you go well, I, well yeah. how can he be a legend but he can't be a legend and yeah. oh, i don't know yeah but that's why i like this show it's just debate everyone has a different views and stuff yeah, and that's yeah. why, and that's what i love about it but um it's been great you know literally an hour has almost has flown by without really blinking yeah. um <laughs> so thank you well, thank you you us, I've really enjoyed
1: it's it. A it's pleasure, it. It's thank a you so much. Think, um, about you know all the different players I've seen over the over the many decades that I've actually watched us. <laughs> no, it, uh, it's been good. I've really enjoyed it. It's been a great Brilliant. experience.
2: Thank and, you so uh, anyone much. Anyone
1: watching, I recommend that you contact Russ. If you haven't already participated. uh Get on his YouTube channel uh, and uh, volunteer to
2: take part. Thanks, 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 again sir. The- envelopes in the post um <laughs> uh, so thank you and obviously thanks everyone for watching as well or or listening whether it's on youtube or spotify or apple podcast or amazon music thing whatever it is as as gan says make sure you go on you know check it like subscribe watch them all um we've got some uh, and also you know keep donating guys so the iron supporting food banks um yeah, we had to raise twenty thousand pounds by the end of september about 18 and a half grand so hopefully we'll be able to do it by then um and until next time for me and gans take care everyone stay safe come on you irons and we'll see come you again your eyes. come on you irons, and we'll see you again very very soon
0: sports social podcast network 18 plus.